Welcome to another edition of Hitting the High Notes. I uh, botched the edit a little bit, so this is just a redo intro. That's me and a guest host, Kirk, with us today. Uh, how are you doing, Kirk? Not too bad. How are you? Uh, I'm good, man. I'm good. Life is good. Holidays treating you well? They are, yeah. Fam- family good? Everybody's good? Okay, cool. Well, uh, let's, let's get right into it. So the Jazz, the Jazz played the Atlanta Hawks last night. What what do you see there, Kirk? Did do, can we take anything away from that game? Wish we could take the bench away from our game. <laughs> I don't blame you for saying that. Uh, um, did, yeah, same same story. Starters good, bench bad. Got it. Well, see, that's the story of this season so far. I would I would have to say. Would Would you agree? I would indeed. I wish we would change it up somehow. Yeah, it seems like it's going to be a tall order. Not um, necessarily by trade, by rotations is where I would like to make some changes. Gotcha. What did you see last night that you'd like to change rotation-wise? Anything All specific? Of <laughs> All of it. <laughs> who would we have? Who did we have starting last night? I don't remember who we started at point guard. Wasn't it Ingles? Oh yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. 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 yeah it was Ingles. So we had Ingles, Mitchell, Royce, or sorry, Boyan, Royce, and Rudy. Yeah, that sounds right. If it were up to me, I would keep that the same while Conley's out, yes. Um, when Conley comes back, I'd make some changes, and I'd probably make some changes even before he comes back. I would I would try Bradley, and I would – everybody says they'd try Exum, but I would try Exum. Gotcha. Bradley and Exum, you'd like to see more of that. That makes sense. I mean, people are talking a lot about, um, you know, Tony Bradley having looked uh, looked better with the team over Ed Davis because Davis is back to struggling, uh, where he had a few good games after he came back and then started struggling a little bit. I, I actually, there's an underrated part of Davis's game that I don't think people talk about a lot, and I think part of it is because none of his teammates – uh, are really fam- used to doing it with with a different player on the roster, but he taps. He's really good at tapping out tapping the long rebound. Out. Yeah, and nobody else go- seems to be actively trying to grab those. Like like they'll just if the tap is nearby, they'll kind of like oh okay great. But n- nobody like tries to jock for position or watch Davis and his movement and then kind of swarm towards wherever he's tapping. I don't see a lot of. It, it seems like people aren't watching that from him, and I think that that's part of how we're not benefiting as much from his. Because that tap out rebound, I think, is something very valuable for a, a team with a better perimeter shooting than we've had in a while. Um, so, I mean, that to me is something that's like an underrated part of his game. I mean, everybody's talking about how he can't he can't set screens and all this stuff and whatever. You know, I, understandable. We understand what he can't do. What are some things that he can do that maybe require a little more buy-in from teammates? No? That's been a, kind of an issue, not just on his tap-outs, but in general, that we don't have guys rushing to rebounds, even when they're not getting back. So you'll, you'll see a lot. If you're not going to get the rebound, you need get to back get on defense. back yeah. as, soon as, as fast as possible. But yeah. we'll have a lot of times where guys kind of just stand around, wait to see where the rebound goes, and then run back. Yeah, I I think that's a probably a problem with our transition defense because it seems like our transition defense isn't very strong. Um, I would agree. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I'm, I totally agree with you there. Guys are standing around too much and ball watching on uh, potential, you know, defensive possessions. <laughs> they don't just ball watch on offense. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, uh, so what do you what do you think uh, is going to spark any kind of change there? Is just just familiarity and the guys kind of you know the coaches repeatedly drilling this into the guys' heads, or because I know they're seeing what we're seeing. Obviously, they've got even more keen basketball acumen than we do. As far as them starting to do things like rebound? Yeah, yeah. Or hustle for rebounds or to get back? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, one thing that is different with that we don't really talk about with vets, when we switched over to being going from a vet team or from a young team to a veteran team, is... Vets have 10, 12 years of experience and habits to break, whereas young guys, they're coming in pretty malleable mm. comparatively. Right, and you're trying the to help them build been habits. doing this for 12 years and knows what he's doing. That um, makes a lot of sense. So it's a lot harder to get them into habits that you want them in for your team or your rotation. So it's, it's one thing that we may not have thought of um, when we had our young team and we were going to vets, some older guys that we and just assumed, oh, they're better, they know the league. Well, they don't know our system, and they don't know our habits we want them to have, and they don't know what's going on within our rotations, and that's going to take a while. And apparently it was a little harder than we thought it was to mesh. Yeah, and I I think I really agree with you. I'm I'm starting to wonder if there wasn't maybe a bigger overarching plan uh, that was basically saying you're not going to have the exact same team you had last year in terms of style of play, but... but, uh, you know, maybe you'll have more variability in your style of play, which which actually seems like in, in the long term seems like a good thing because, you know, being able to uh, to find different ways to win is something you have to do as a team that's trying to contend for a championship. And and I don't know that we're even looking at ourselves as, as also Rams this year because right now as, it, as things stand, I don't think anybody's expecting Western Conference Finals even, us even being in the conversation. It's still looking like the Rockets would probably – put us out of business and, uh, you know, whoever else. Um, Rockets are an interesting one. Yeah, they're they're kind of up and down. They just beat the Clippers last night, but it's not – it wasn't like a win they, where you go, yeah, the Rockets, they, they, they looked really a good. A of those matchups that I don't think they'll do regularly. I, I agree with that. I totally agree with that. And they – I don't know. They're a weird team, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Westbrook particularly gets up for that matchup with Beverly, and sometimes it's a great game, sometimes he's awful. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't even. I guess it's because I've never really been a Westbrook follower, but I don't know how he fares against Connolly in general. And yeah, it's kind, it's kind of interesting that that he let a player like Rubio get in his head that he started face guarding him. So, <laughs> well, when he went off against Rubio. He backed him down a lot. Yeah. He and then he sit there and do the rock and the baby thing, and he was just just overpowering him because he's bigger, yeah. bigger than Rubio. I can't imagine that's going to be less of a problem with Conley. Yeah. Well, I think it was mostly about his strength, and yeah, he could probably bully Mike a little bit, but I don't see that wasn't even that effective though. The problem is like that. Well, that, that was more effective when he started doing that. What he wasn't effective was when he just tried to drive through the wall. 
Oh no, I'm I meant I don't mean I mean more so like you know because he tried to face guard him like you know because that's that's where he really lost the game because he's st- he started yeah. he started uh instead of just following what the defense they were playing is that he started face guarding Rubio and, and letting Ricky you know give up the pass or whatever because right. uh, yeah, that's Ricky, what yeah so, so, instead of making Ricky shoot it yeah 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 I don't know what the <laughs> yeah if if you could if you could trick somebody into letting Rubio pass over shoot that's just Wow, what kind of Jedi, Jedi mind trick was that, right? Like, <laughs> well, Westbrook's not very um, – he's a very emotional player. Yeah, and I think that's uh, – he, he seems to have uh, – yeah, he's, he seems to have a little bit more uh, control over it this year to an extent. Like he's he's basically, you know, treating it like this is Harden's team and I'm kind of going to – you know, I'm going to give up my possessions to James and kind of let him do his thing. And last night he really showed up in a kind of crazy way, and he was that furious Russ who was able to take some of that pressure off of Harden, and that really helped things work out. But I don't think that's going to work out in every game, and especially I don't think he can that be that consistently good against the Clippers in a playoff series. So I really think we're probably looking at an L.A. and L.A. conference final right now or uh, I don't know some other variation of that if those two teams meet earlier. I want to see what happens with the Lakers here over the next couple of weeks. They they are now at six and five when they play teams against that are over five hundred. So yeah, I mentioned this a couple of days ago before they play right after they played Indiana that they lost to Indiana, and their next five was something like um, Milwaukee. I'm pretty sure they play the Clippers, the Mavs, um, and they have a couple other tough teams. Oh, uh, Mavs might be without Luca now though, so I don't know if it's might be, but they beat the Bucks without Luca, so. Yeah, which was interesting, but then they just lost to. I'm trying to remember who they lost to. I don't know. They're a really um, high ceiling, low floor team. Yeah, I don't. I'm not really in on the Mavs because I don't buy into. I've, I've kind of lost faith in the Kristaps Porzingis uh, experiment or whatever. I, I don't think he's going to be as good as people hoped he would be when he was still with the Knicks. I think he'll be a solid player, but I don't know if he's ever going to be your second best guy on a championship team. He's probably going to have to be like your third best guy. I don't know. That's just me. I'd love but, to get him for us. Uh, maybe, <laughs> but he doesn't know how to rebound. And yeah, I don't know. I think he rebounds better than uh, any of our starting fours or any of our fours at all. Yeah, I mean, well, if we're playing him at the four, he, he definitely is. Yeah, I mean... That, that makes sense. I think Chris Stapps at the four for us and a backup five would be a huge upgrade. Yeah, but I don't think we're ever going to see Chris No, Stapps. we won't ever see him. <laughs> He's in Dallas for probably, I don't know, maybe for maybe life. Five years. Yeah. But I, that might end up being for life because with the way Cuban does things. You know yeah. you know how he loves, loves his Euro players. Really, he's like obsessed. It's some kind of weird fetish with him. <laughs> I'm, I'm not well, joking. I can't blame him after Dirk. Yeah, but no, but I'm not joking. Like the way he, yeah, he and Kobe have this really weird thing about Euro players too. Like they both have these very similar quotes, and it's just like, okay. <laughs> I think Kobe's is a little bit his background. <clears throat> well, Kobe's I kind of understand. I mean, he grew up over there. He played, yeah. you know, a lot Italian of Italian background makes a big yeah. difference. Yeah, for sure. And so he understands a lot of 
you know, both sides of the coin. And like, he's played AAU ball versus European ball. And he kind of, I think that's, that. what's funny is that Kobe's game is not like a Euro game. Like, <laughs> he's, he, so it's like, he can praise all that the, they build the fundamentals and stuff like that. He's like, yeah, it helps build players that'll pass it to me so I can go. <laughs> Anyways, you, enough about that. Do you follow that. Euro ball at all? Uh, not as much as I, I used to. I, I was following him a little bit. Uh, when uh, not, wow, what is his name? Frank Nidakila was over there, and then okay. uh, I uh, yeah, I, I I followed some French teams, and we are back to hitting the high notes, Utah Jazz podcast. So. Let's see. Final thoughts today, Kirk. Oh, actually, I wanted to talk about... You haven't seen uh, any of the Star Wars stuff, right? Like, I was just going to do non-spoiler... Any of the Star Wars stuff. Yeah. Oh, well, did you watch Mandalorian Episode 7? I have not yet, no. I I was actually going to do that this morning, and then... Uh, (laughs) Oh, and and somebody called you. (laughs) Yeah, so... Yeah, Without the bat signal... I'll watch it actually when we're done with this is when I'm going to watch that. So. Oh, okay, nice. Okay, well, I'm going to do kind of, I guess, a non-spoiler review and just my take on it. So we haven't really done this before. Who who doesn't who hasn't watched it yet? He's going to – I think he's going to binge it all when it's over. I don't know. When this season's over anyways. Um, he goes and sees a lot of movies though, so I'm pretty sure he's going to see the movie. Uh, people – and th- this is one thing that bugged me. People were saying like there was a tie-in from this episode to the movie. There's not. There's not a tie-in. There's so not a tie-in. There's something that you can on the outskirts be like, oh, that's a similar thing. Like, <laughs> and it's a Star Wars universe, of course. There's similar things. Oh, that's a similar thing. Like, it. That's about as a, as much of a tie-in as this random forty-year-old comic that I watched get reviewed. The, about you know it was a star wars comic <laughs> it relates to this movie so it's like that's not italian um just because there's random elements that are somewhat similar in one scene i wouldn't call that cyan anyways okay enough laughing about that uh i don't know i've really liked the progression of the show like everybody just talks about like the baby yoda thing or whatever and but I, I feel like, yeah, I mean, so sick of him. He he's fine when he's on the show, but like the memes that he has become, it's just like the internet is ruining it for for people. <laughs> yes, they are. Um, but Baby Yoda is still awesome. Um, <laughs> I I think I think the Mandalorian himself doesn't get enough love, honestly. You know, I would that, agree. Um, I I like the show. I do. Um, yeah, certain Car- episodes were definitely better than others. Uh, oh, I think you might. I think you might like Cara Dune a little bit better after this episode. Uh, mm-hmm. You'll see. <laughs> it's the name of a character that previously oh, was she in appeared. Previous episode. Uh, yeah, she, yeah, she was. She's was that's she just the in... character name. Um, I you just watch it. You'll see like within the first five minutes who I'm talking about. So. Okay. It's, she gets yeah she gets brought back in real quickly um 
which I think is good for the episode and good for character development in a way. Because that's kind of the my a part of the problem I was having it with it is there's a lot well, of one-off situations. Is. Yeah. Is she actually a person or is she one of the like humanoid alien things? Oh, she's a person. She's okay, a person. then I think I know who you're talking about. Probably, probably she she the actress tweeted something about it, so it's not like even a spoiler. So <laughs> she she was like trying to remind everybody to watch it. So it's like. Yeah, okay, so you must be back in this episode. Yeah, that's why you're saying that. <laughs> well, and I didn't know that until I saw something else. I was like, oh, okay, well, I guess she's in that episode. <laughs> yeah. I don't uh, think it's a spoiler. No, it's... In it. I mean, it's they kind not, of left it open for her to well, return. Oh, well, it, but it would be... It would be spoilery if somebody was like, well, X, X character makes a return in you know the movie, so that's why I was want to be very careful... You know, because the movies, it's going to be different. It's like a one-time, you know, thing. Right. It's not like a episode, episodic so, thing. One of the things that I have not cared for with the, epi- with the, with the show Mandalorian mm-hmm. is what you just mentioned. There's not as much carryover from episode to episode. Like, it's that, not like a running... I was struggling. I was struggling with that a little bit. It's know? not like there's any kind of a timeline for it. It's like each one is its own standalone movie. Yeah, there's gonna be there's gonna be some payoff on this one. So like, okay. so that's why that's why I think this episode works better for people in general that, that they'll like it more because um, you know you spend all this time with these characters that have basically felt like they're throwaway characters, and then like to not see them again, it kind of makes it feel like okay, well, where is this going? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, like, where are you I like going? Bill Burr as a character. But I don't random. know that I'm ever going to see Bill Burr in there again. I'm pretty sure we won't. <laughs> Which is kind of... Well, I don't know. Then again, you know... I know Lucas I, I was a big... It, but... Yeah, me too. Lucas was a big fan of subverting expectations. We might see some of the other characters from that episode, but I don't think we'll see Bill Burr. Um, I don't know. Maybe. Um. Anyway, so then I guess that is kind of pretty much it any any final jazz thoughts for the week do you have any predictions on the let's see who we got next again let's see we got charlotte next right yeah charlotte is the next game and then we're coming home i do believe so we got charlotte tomorrow that's an early game um sometimes teams tend to struggle with early games hopefully it's not the jazz this time then we've got we play the heat on monday that one's going to be tough. Yeah. They are yeah. physical. Um, Boyan tends to struggle with a little physicality sometimes. And they will rebound. So we're going to have to have... I mean, watch out for Rudy's knees when they dive at him. And watch out for the rebounding. That's going to well, hey, um, hey, D- Dion Waiter- Waiters isn't playing, so I don't think we're going to have to worry about players diving at knees like yeah, <laughs> danger so. as dangerously. So, because I, I think would... De- Dion's a little more reckless abandoned, I think, than the rest of that roster. So, Yeah, I think we ought to win tomorrow. I think we're going to struggle on Monday. I think we might struggle tomorrow, too, because for whatever reason, Charlotte keeps getting up to play all these teams. You know, They're actually playing fairly well for a team that you would think was tanking. Yeah, but 
they always end up on the wrong side of the win-loss column. Oh, that's very true. And they don't have Kemba anymore to, to put daggers in. They don't have anybody to score. pull them out. They got Terry Rozier, but... Yeah, but I don't think he's... Might... Will he put up 40 on us? <laughs> oh, wait a minute. No, he might. I, I can't remember if he's a jazz killer or not. <laughs> he, uh-huh. I don't think he's put up 40 many times in his career. I, mean, I, don't, think he, I don't think he's ever put up 40, but but against us, he might. <laughs> he had like three good playoff games, like really good playoff games. when. Uh, yeah, that is true. He was out, and that's about it. Yeah, that's very true. Celtics fans wanted him out of there, and they got their wish. <laughs> so you got, let's see, for the next week, you've got Charlotte, the Heat, and then the Blazers right the day after Christmas. And the next Saturday, you got Jazz at Clippers. Okay. So, got what do you home, think? It looks like one. Yeah, what one do you home th- game. What are you thinking? Two and two? or? That sounds reasonable. Two and two sounds like a good goal. I mean, three and one would be the goal probably, but two and two sounds pretty reasonable. Hmm. You can pick up Charlotte and the Blazers and lose the Heat and the uh, Clippers. I think if you lose one and three would be disappointing, but not on not unrealistic. Yeah, none of those are back to back, right? No, none of them. There's there's a good amount of rest, especially between the Heat and the Blazers. There's a ton of rest there, so there's a two day at least on every one of them. Between the Heat and the Blazers, there's three. Although that doesn't seem to make much difference with us. <laughs> I think it'll go back home, um, but they're gonna have to deal with Dame. And CJ. And Carmelo. Right. That three-headed monster. <laughs> uh, I, Donovan's probably just waiting to play Carmelo again so he can play against that Matador defense. <laughs> uh, I want to see, see Donovan go for a career high. Oh, that'd be fun. That's, that's what I want to see this week is Donovan go for a career high against somebody. None of these Ooh. teams are particularly good defensively until you get to the Clippers. Well, no, I take that back. The Heat are. Let's see. So the Heat and the and the Clippers are good defensively. Is his career 44, 45? I can't remember. 46. 46. Well, let's hope he goes for 50 this week then. I want to see Donovan go for 50 against either the uh, the Hornets or the the Blazers. If he goes for 50, I owe you a Coke. <laughs> Sounds good to me. <laughs> All righty. Um... All right, well, guys, we're, we're going to wrap up there. Kirk, uh, let everybody know where they can find you at. I'm just on Twitter. I'm just a dude. Kirk McKee 13 Just a is, dude. Is the handle. So so is that why you're you're kind of dressed like the dude today? You know, the big Lebowski? <laughs> I'm wearing sweatpants right now. <laughs> Are you? I was just guessing because of the, the T-shirt. <laughs> I am. I'm wearing sweatpants and... Just a T-shirt. Are they, is it all gray? Because no, it is all pants are blue. Oh darn! Not quite. Not quite Big Lebowski. Oh, not quite. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't work Fridays, um, but I work till like I got home at 2 a.m. from work last night. So I'm, yeah, I'm still in sweatpants. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I get it, man. I get it. It's a beautiful day. It's a beautiful morning. Beautiful time to enjoy with your family and whatnot. I'm going to let you get back to it. All right. Well, guys, just remember also to follow us on Instagram if you'd like. Uh, you know, it's also Jazz High Notes. And then, you know, at Jazz High Notes, at Hootran Superman, which uh, 
uh, yeah, I, I've been trying to get him to change that to ladies' man for a long time. Um, just kidding, guys. Um, and and me at go the distance forty nine. Forty nine. Um, yeah, and my forty ers are doing very well. Hopefully, they win tomorrow and uh, just stomp the crap out of uh, the Rams. And then uh, we're gonna see a showdown in Seattle. Either way, if they lose tomorrow or win tomorrow, regardless of what Seattle does, there's still a chance that they can, um, that they, because they'll be tied in like every category, so there's still a chance that they can win the division. But it does matter for seeding, so they might end up third seed. So you want them to win tomorrow and next week. Anyways, this is the 49ers podcast. But uh, a lot of you out there probably love Steve Young like me, which is why I'm a 49ers fan. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Have a good weekend. Go Jazz. In the past. Would... So one of the bigger trends that's going on right now in Euroball. Offensive rebounding rate is going way up. Um, teams are really focusing on offensive rebounding, which is kind of the opposite of where we've gone. That is interesting. I'm sorry. I wonder if that's part part of that is because there's no basket interference over there, so they're in in a way, it's easier to kind of go for those offensive rebounds without worrying about just accidentally tapping it in or accidentally messing with it over the cylinder so it's a goaltend or I don't we know. We also don't have quite the same level of athletes over there. That's true. So you're more able to get back. You don't have a Westbrook over there that if you give up an offensive oh, rebound, you're yeah. like Westbrook and you don't have somebody back, good luck. Yeah, that's just a fast fast break uh, to dunk right there. Yeah. Or layup, I suppose, but he usually just dunks it. Yeah. It's it's awfully hard to get back on somebody like Westbrook or LeBron or these kind of players. If they get the ball and go for rebound, if you don't have somebody already back, it's going to be – you're starting from – Yeah. You're starting from a hole. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, Euro, Euro ball is uh, – it's an interesting beast. Like sometimes I w- wish we, we, wa- we watched more of it over here because it's like – the different styles of play are actually kind of fascinating in a way. Um, I mean, it's sometimes it is uglier. It looks kind of like college ball sometimes just because the I players love, aren't as good. I love watching Milos. Oh, Milos is cool, man. Milos Tilosic, okay. I love watching that guy. He is so fun to watch. He's like a Euro Steve Nash. Is he back? More... Wait, he went back over there? I thought he came over here and he was here he for like the Clippers year. for two years and then went back. Oh. I guess it just wasn't working out for him here because of the defense thing. I remember when he was tied to the Jazz, I was like, that, he would be a great get for the bench. Oh, man. <laughs> I love Milos. I, oh. He pushes the ball. I mean, he fits our team a lot. I mean, we so need somebody to who pushes the ball. Oh, I, yeah. He's very- I'm a sucker for the the kind of hook passes. Mm, mm. Like the, you know what I mean? The kind of yeah. like you're shooting a hook shot, but you pass it instead and you're off to the side or – Kind of like the scoop pass. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, I love those. And he does – he is 
unparalleled right now with those. Yeah, those are those are really fun to watch because they're they're such a, a cool little tr- like it looks like trickery and magic, you know, just like fling. <laughs> it's so fun to watch. I I love watching the the kind of that kind of passing. That kind of passing. Gotcha. That's one of the things I like about Luca is his passing. Oh yeah, yeah, he's a stellar passer. Like somebody said the other day that they could imagine all, of all the players we've seen so far, they could imagine maybe Luca being the guy who would potentially be able to break the assist John Stockton assist record. And I was like, well, because of that amazing passing, I mean, if you got the numbers up, maybe, but I just don't see it with this how we're our point we're less of a league. I don't think anybody's touching that. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I think it's pretty untouchable, honestly. I mean, he'd he'd have to get up to like fifteen a year for a, for a while <laughs> to even sniff yeah. that. I mean, Stockton averaged well, like average numbers that most guys never touch for several years, like over fourteen, over thirteen. Yeah. For several years, over over, he had what five or six years over twelve. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Most guys never touched twelve in their career. No, that's true. exactly. I mean, and even back then, when guys were averaging a little bit closer to ten, some guys they would do it, but not for the same period of time. You know, people I mean, used to think that uh, what's his name, uh, that guy that couldn't shoot that ended up winning a title with the Mavs, bald guy, became a terrible coach. Kid, kid. yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, people used to think he was going to be the one to do it, and he. No, he couldn't keep those numbers up. No. Um, yep. Anyways, I guess we should move on to more jazz talk because I don't think folks to, <laughs> they tune in to us pontificating about random basketball stuff. Although, random basketball stuff is fun, guys. Right? Yes. <laughs> Leave a review. Accurate. Leave a review if you don't like it or if you do like it. <laughs> um, yeah, because who is uh, – he still has the tickets that, you know, cause we haven't had enough re- reviews uh, where people actually, you know, followed through and left a, left a review. Um, so if you leave a five star like and review uh, on Apple podcasts, that's the only one we can really track. Um, if you leave one there, we do have the tickets, uh, the two tickets to, to see a show at the Broadway theater downtown, the off Broadway theater. I'm sorry. Broadway, off Broadway, Broadway. Yeah, nice. improv, improv. Yeah, um, there's an improv night, and then there's a, a regular show. I'm not sure which going one is going on right now. Who would definitely have the details on that? I'll have to talk to them about it. But anyways, uh, back to basketball. So, so if we're looking at the Jazz uh, recently, we and I didn't see a whole lot of talk about this. Maybe people talked about it and I missed it, so I'm just going to go back to it. Uh, but after kind of that uh, trade deadline inaugural thing uh, on like December, I want to say December 15th is when the deadline passed. They had that show on ESPN with Lowe and, and Woj, and they talked about, uh, you know, they talked about a, a bunch of teams and the Jazz didn't get mentioned, and I thought that, that was the end of that. But apparently the part that they didn't post on TV and was actually on his podcast, uh, Lowe and Woj actually had a more of an in-depth discussion at the, about the, the jazz potential trades and stuff like that. And it, it seemed mostly like Woj, who, who, based on what I heard from him, seems to be the one who has the sources with the jazz. 
no offense to Zach Lowe, but, you know, Woj is where he is now because of the sources he has. Um, the Jazz are really intent on, you know, internal development and making what they've got work. I mean, and, and while I don't think he completely ruled out them making any kind of smaller deal at some point, they're not going to make a reactionary move because, you know, as we know as fans, that's basically who they are. And sometimes we'll have desires for them to do otherwise. And sometimes people will have desires like to not criticize Emmanuel Moutier, even when he's played poorly and then they'll block you over it. But, Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, side note, jazz with Taz sucks. Apparently. <laughs> <laughs> I might have to edit. I might have to edit that out. No, he, he was a little soft and a little quick on the block. I don't know what I did to deserve that. <laughs> I, I like Taz. I he's a decent he's fellow. A little, uh, I think he's touchy on the Moutier subject. Yeah, um, he's a little, a little touchy on Moutier. I think, but I, I like him overall. But man, he is, he has dug his heels in on Moutier. Yeah, I mean, a little perplexing. Yeah, I mean. Which, sure, everybody has their guys they like, I guess, right? But I could see why people loved and defended Ricky Rubio over why people are defending Emmanuel Moutier, which, don't get me wrong, I kind of loved to see the progression that he's making and that he's passing the ball more now. So you definitely know that the coaches are in his ears about his, you know, his foibles and whatnot. So that's better. But, I mean, he's still not where – we still hope he progresses further because otherwise that really uh, lowers our floor if he doesn't play well. So, so what I what I look at his projection to me he's gone from a huge detriment to no impact. Yeah, and, yeah, and. It's so he's gone from being a detriment to no impact, which is good, I guess, because before his impact was negative. Right. Uh, but still, you got a guy that you're playing that has no impact on the game. Yeah, which isn't ideal. But you know, for 1.6 million dollars a year, I guess that's about the best you can expect, right? That's probably what you're gonna get for no <laughs> for a minimum contract. Yeah. Yeah, but, well, it doesn't sound like any major jazz moves are coming soon, and if they were, we wouldn't know about them because that's just how things work. <laughs> I would not be surprised if we traded Nigel Williams-Goss. <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> I also would not be surprised if we traded the two-way contracts, but <laughs> I, think, I don't even know I if that's gonna possible. Hold on to to Brantley, at least. I think they'll want to hold on to him. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Brantley, I think that they... Well, and... and uh, I wish we could see a little bit more of a... I don't remember how to pronounce his last name. Mie Oni? Yeah, Mie Oni. I wish we could see more Oni. Um, I would love for them to get a little time. I'd put them in the rotation, too. Why not? I mean, we can't... Here's the thing. We can't be any worse on our bench than we have been. Yeah. So why not play with it? Why not put Brantley in there? Let him get 10 minutes. It can't be any worse I, than what we uh, have, then. I honestly think it would be an interesting mad scientist experiment that might pay off, if not this year, next year. Um, I mean, I'm, I mean, I guess I think we'll see. I think we'll see one, if not both of them, in the rotation next year. I hope, I hope Oni Oni can sometime, somehow convince Quinn that he deserves some playing time. 
Because you, do you remember the uh, perception of Draymond Green when David Lee was still healthy and playing for the Warriors? Yeah, there wasn't much of one at all. People didn't. <laughs> he didn't play. Yeah, exactly. And then he exactly. came out of nowhere just because he got the minutes. Yeah, because David Lee went down, and then it's like, oh wow, this Draymond guy is a real spark plug. He's good. I mean, yeah. I mean, I don't know if we're gonna see that kind of an impact because Brantley has gotten some time here and there when when. Uh, right. Another... I don't think we're gonna see Draymond. Yeah. But or I think it's entirely it's... possible we could see a solid rotation guy. Yeah. Yeah. That that's true. See, because I don't think young guys are precluded from being, uh, ro- you know, rotation quality. Well, neither of them are that young. I mean, they're both younger. Yeah, they were that's both, true. Weren't they both seniors? Uh, I'm not sure if both of them were seniors. I know, I think at least one of them was, with, or senior, junior, or both. Yeah, they might have both been seniors. I think you might be right about that. Because uh, didn't Ona go to, he went to Yale or something, Yale. didn't he? Yeah. And they yeah, typically are four-year guys. Uh, Brantley went to Charleston? Yeah, and I'm pretty sure Brantley was a four-year guy, so I'm thinking they're both four-year guys. Yeah, I'll double-check that, but I'm pretty sure that, that they both are, based on you saying well, they're that. Not, they're not crazy young. And the thing with, with Brantley, so I am I like Mie. I'm higher on Brantley. The reason for that is he's got an NBA body. Mm. That guy is an athlete. He can move, and he is strong as an ox. Like, he can move, and he can move you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, we saw it in preseason a lot. Yeah. Um, in he summer can, league. Saw he that can in be summer. anywhere near sort of consistent with his jumper, especially spot up, because that's all we'd really need him for. If he could take some four minutes at the four, I, I would start – I don't know what broadcast you were listening to last night, if you listened to the Utah broadcast or the Hawks broadcast. The Hawks what? were openly mocking Niang. Oh, really? Yeah, they were openly mocking him when we played him. And I would like to see Brantley maybe get a little minutes there where we put Niang in. Because Niang, Niang is another player that we have that when we put him in certain lineups, it sets him up to fail, I think. I think that might be the case, actually, based on, you know, that's actually, I think we agree on this. Uh, because sometimes I feel like he's with certain guys where if he was with one other player that had a slightly different skill set, he would look better, or vice versa. Um, so when he yeah. plays with guys that move the ball a little more, he can move the ball and he can shoot. That's Nan can he can shoot. Yeah. Um, but he needs to be on the court with guys that can move the ball and guys that can get him the ball when he's open and guys yeah. that. Move. And when when he has to guard play when he has to guard on ball, that's a little bit tough for him. I remember the other night, like he kind of got lost around a couple screens. Um, it wasn't he's the game yesterday. Develop on defense. Yeah, no, he's not. I mean, I think mostly he had to. He, he was able to fine tune his offensive game in the G League, and it doesn't seem like he got a lot of opportunity to hone his defense vacuum. So I think they're working on that with him. Um, Hopefully. I would just I would love to see Niang get some minutes or not Niang. Um, Brantley. Yeah. Brantley get some some minutes there as well because he does have something that Niang does not have in that athleticism. Oh, he it's is, almost he's it's a almost, crazy athlete. It's almost like I'm talking to another who because who was higher on Brantley as well. I mean I <laughs> I kind I kind of felt like I, I feel like I have no dog in that fight. I feel like 
they're both my my sons, my large adult sons, e- equally or whatever. However you say it these days, however the kids and peoples are saying it. Um, anyways, yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot to think about, a lot to talk about. Wonder, Brantley, Brantley getting a call up. Uh, if we did see it, hear, we'd have to see it soon. <laughs> did you hear Locke the other day? Uh, I don't think so, no. So he mentioned that um, the Stars right now are down at a tournament in Vegas. It's kind of a big money payout tournament, like a hundred grand payout for guys. And the Jazz called up Brantley and Oni, and, Oni, and they were with the team. Instead of being in the big tournament for the stars, which is kind of a bigger deal for for them, mm-hmm. not being with the stars when they're having this big this big tournament. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure the rest of the stars players are kind of like, "What the heck? Those are our meal tickets." <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they have some other guys too that are doing oh. well with them, but yeah, but yeah. Bradley's they- probably been their best player. Yeah, they've been better this year than they were in years past. Um, and I think part of that's because, you know, they've got draft picks flowing down to them. They had two guys that have played with them a lot this year. Well, I, I guess Oni hasn't been down with them that much. as, But, yeah, no, they've got the the other two-way contract guy. It's not Kid. Kid got... Justin Wright Foreman. Yeah, Justin Wright Foreman is the other guy. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So, he's been a little underwhelming. I really haven't watched many Stars of, games. I want to go to a Stars game before their season wraps up. It wraps up in like January, February, isn't it? Yeah, somewhere there. Um, Justin Wright Foreman kind of reminds me of a poor man's Jimmer. Who plays a little more defense or what? Well, yeah, plays more defense. Um, but in that, he's really a, a shooting guard that was just given the offense. Oh. They try to make him a point guard. Oh, yeah, I see what you mean. See, that's I think that's what people didn't understand about Jimmer is that he worked so well in col- college because he didn't have to play a, a, an NBA offense. Because that's the great thing about Steph is he could run an offense, but he could also – score like Jimmer so and he could defend much better than Jimmer even though his defense has been malicked for a long time (laughs) I mean I mean anybody a tree can can guard better a chair can guard better than Jimmer but that's neither here nor there um it's funny because I was listening to you know uh the jazz podcast with uh is it Matt Sanchez I don't know yeah, he uh, yes. yeah, he, yeah, yeah. He had an episode with uh, with Billy Lee, who used to, they used to run the social uh, for the for the jazz, and they were just talking about, you know, uh, they had a bunch of crazy stories, but the one this reminded me of specifically, uh, I wish I could remember. Now I forgot. So this tangent was for nothing. <laughs> What was I talking about? Because uh, that'll probably jog my memory now. <laughs> I don't know. You got to the description of the. Yeah, what were we? It. I don't think you ever got to what you was talking yeah. about. 
what were we talking about? Is what I mean. <laughs> Before, just prior to that, I can. Jimmer and defense. Oh, uh, Jimmer, right? The Jazz account apparently all the time that they were with the Jazz, which combined that's a long time since Jimmer was drafted. Every single day, somebody from Jazz Twitter tweeted, "Jimmer, get us Jimmer, sign Jimmer." <laughs> it's like without fail. I'm just like, wow, that's how ridiculous and relentless BYU fans are apparently. <laughs> I've been pretty staunchly against getting Jimmer. Oh man, I have not liked Jimmer since he was with the Kings. Like, I mean, because I just didn't. Once I saw him play in the NBA, I was like, oh no, this isn't gonna work out. I I got to the point where I wanted someone to sign Jimmer, just so that we could prove he wasn't NBA ready. Well, I mean, plenty of people did. The Spurs just decided he wasn't NBA ready. Uh, the Pelicans decided he wasn't NBA yeah. ready. Uh, the Bulls decided he wasn't NBA ready. But, but people kept saying, well, if you just give him a chance. I'm like, he's had a lot of court time. He had a chance. Yeah. The chance is gone. Stop. I mean, I know you loved him in college. I loved him in college. He was fun to watch. It was. I, I got sick of how trash he was in the NBA. He was not fun to watch. The guy could not could, run an he offense. Could he, could he could still, still shoot, shoot, but that's like all he could do. And that is, yeah. And, and he didn't even do it well. He didn't like. There was a lot of. If you look at his percentages for his NBA career, they're not great. <laughs> I mean, he had to get into rhythm. He had to get more shots, and you had to be able to stay on the court to get shots. And he could not because he, he was a, he was court. a worse sieve than Enes Cantor because he didn't have size. <laughs> <laughs> Cantor's actually improved his defense. Oh, he has improved a lot. Absolutely, I um, definitely agree with still that. Still not. A good defender, but he's much better than what we remember him as. I I agree. Uh, So, hey, guys, we're going to take a short little break, and then we're going to finish up here. Uh, We'll be right back. Pause for a few seconds. Okay, I've got the time noted down. All right. 